Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. In my mind, I'm gone to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine to hit me from behind? Guess I'm gone to Carolina in my mind. Karen, she's a silver sun. You best walk her away and watch it shining. Watch her watch the morning come. Good evening, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. This is Gerald with you, and I'm so happy that you're joining us yet again. This is the last episode, guys, of 2020. The last official episode to end the year. You know, it's been a whirlwind year, not only for the show, but in life. I mean, am I right? I mean, COVID and just everything that's been going on since really since March here in the States, at least. And it's it's been fucking crazy, man. So I said, I'm going to get probably one of my just most stoutest supporters who's always been there with me, man. And it, physically, even we've gone to film festivals together. He moved down here to North Carolina, where I currently am. And uh, he's a good friend of mine, and he's a good friend of the show. But Dan is here. You know him from Netflix and Swill. And if you're a patron of mine or if you're a regular listener, you're probably tired of hearing him. He's on everything I do, including a couple exclusive Patreon series. But Dan is back on the main show. What's up, brother? How are you? Ah, shalom. Shalom, my home. So Dan's back, and uh, we're ending 2020, man. How do you feel about this year? Tell the Peas listeners, man. Are you happy to see this year go? Where are you at on 2020, man? That's fine. Is it? <laughs> I'm one of the few people that actually had like a good time. And, yeah. Well, not good time, but like my, my time was fine. Uh, in fact, my life might have even been enhanced due to COVID because that forced, that gave me every opportunity to never go outside, play video games, watch movies. So, so I, I nailed you, it. You say you're an introvert then? Oh, yes. Yeah, because introverts... Weirdly enough, despite the fact that, you know, I run a podcast, uh, which requires you basically to not be an introvert, uh, yeah. I am an introvert. Well, you know, from that perspective, you're onto something there, because I kind of agree with you. Like, you know, for example, I, you know, as much as I love my extended family, to not have to go be with, you know, 20 people that I see once a year, the holidays, and travel, and traffic, and like, whatever, was like a blessing to me. I'm like, oh, thank God, <laughs> thank you, COVID, you know? Uh, stuff like that, you know, I'm with you, but I guess because of the line of work that I'm in, I can't avoid the public if I want a job, do you know what I'm saying? Because my work, my work stayed open and I have to go to work five, six days a week. So that really sucks. I don't have the benefit of, you know, being able to work from home and like shit like that. So, um, it's stressful uh, with the global pandemic going on, being around, working with the public and my employees going out and doing whatever they're doing and then coming into work. And, you know, it's a stressful situation to be in, but we've been pretty lucky. But, you know, I just miss the everyday, just the, I guess the freedom of the everyday life. Do you miss that at all? Or are you, are you no, cool with that? I'm okay. good with it. Uh, like, I mean, we just had the, the HBO Max. I'm going to date this podcast as we're recording this, but uh, HBO Max uh, announcement just happened where Warner Brothers is putting every every movie that was supposed to be theatrical released in 2021 on HBO Max. Right. Uh, I can't fucking wait for that. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. 
I, you know, I'm an old school guy, so I'm I, I do lo- you know I mean you knew I had my season pass at the Alamo there, mm-hmm. so I do. You know, I guess what I'm saying is, is if I had a preference, I would rather pay twenty dollars for a season pass and go see as many movies as possible in a theater that I could. Sure. But with that being said, I am excited for that news because I'm not going to be going to the fucking theater. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm glad there's an option. No, no, I think anybody complaining about that uh, really does not understand the landscape that we are currently in, which is still right. the COVID-19 has been around for nine months at this fucking point, uh, right. or at least like in the public consciousness for nine months, and it hasn't gone away. Like We've done nothing in order to give us the privilege of being able to go back to movie theaters in the first place. Uh, yeah. So... That's the thing, man, is that the pe- the same people, and of course not everybody, but the majority of people that would be upset about news like the HBO Max deal are the same people that are going out and not wearing masks and are mm-hmm. just like fucking idiots. I mean, the reason why we can't go to the movie theater safely is because of you fucking people. <laughs> and now you're pissed about this. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. I mean, just America in general is just fucking stupid. So especially having to be out there every day uh, on the quote unquote front lines. Do you know what I mean? It, it just kind of annoys me a little bit mm-hmm. but with that being said let's end on a high note though brother so we're saying goodnight or goodbye to 2020 and we're talking about a, a list that you came up with a few months ago you pitched it to me and i said you know that sounds interesting and then i started fucking researching it <laughs> <laughs> and i'm from north carolina which is where i currently live you also currently live in north carolina but you are from where dan i am from pittsburgh pennsylvania all right it's very important that i say i'm from pittsburgh pennsylvania mm-hmm Two tickets to Pittsburgh, am I right? All right, well, the list tonight, do you want to tell everybody what the list is in your own words? You came up with it? Oh, I came up with it, and uh, I assume you all have navigated this podcast because you are uh, literate, so you can definitely read the title of the episode, uh, which is Top 5 Movies Set in Your Home State. Now, originally when I pitched this, I said, let's do Top 5 Movies Set in Your Hometown. Yeah, can't do that. Uh, Being from Pittsburgh... uh, I did not realize how many movies were set in Pittsburgh. You know, and ah, perfect. Gerald, mm-hmm. however, uh, not so lucky. No, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is the largest city in the state, and there are a few movies. Oh, is it really? I thought I would have thought Raleigh, but no. Uh, Population-wise, it's the largest. But you know, there are a few movies that were shot in Charlotte, but they don't take place. Like the story doesn't take place in Charlotte. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about that for your list too. So I decided to. So well, anyway, to start there, I had to hit you back and I had to say, look, man, we're going to have to do the whole state because I can't. Sure. There's like, I, I would have had like three movies. You know what I mean? Um, so we had to do that first. And then I was like true to the list from the aspect that it, the store, the narrative of the story says it's in North Carolina, like the actual plot, whether it was shot in California, the plot is taking place in North Carolina, regardless of where the movie was shot. Um, so in other words, I would not have put a movie on my list that was shot in North Carolina. And I'll just give you an example. Shallow Hal, for example, right. that was shot in Charlotte, which is my hometown. But in the movie, it takes place in like Chicago or something like that. So I would not have picked a movie like that. Were you true to your list too, where the narrative in the film is Pennsylvania? Yes. Okay, perfect. Good. So that's what we're doing, guys. We're doing movies from our home state. I asked the fans over on the Facebook fan page, Dan, uh, what state they were from and what their favorite movie from, from their state was. So we'll shout out a few of those at the end. I did round out my top 10, Dan. I was able to do I'm, it. I'm proud of you. I told you I was concerned. because uh, I I'm going to be honest. My, my top 10 is uh, suspect. <laughs> all right. Well, so Dan is from Pennsylvania. So all of his movies 
take place in the state of PA, and I am from North Carolina, which is where Dan and I both are sitting right now. So all of my films take place in North Carolina. Films from our home state is the last top five we're going to do here in 2020. We're in the pipe. Five by five. Dan, I'm going to let you get us started, brother, and start your list over there with your number five movie set in Pennsylvania. So, uh, like I said, I was able to pick a lot of, like, I was able to actually do a top five list of uh, movies set in Pittsburgh. So, my top five list will stay true to my original topic because I wanted to flex on Gerald for the fact that his state is uncultured swine. Basically. And you'll see as I go into my list that I'm going to corroborate that. (laughs) So, uh, I had to watch a couple of these uh, movies that were set in Pittsburgh. Uh, I didn't catch all of them. Uh, there are ones that are left off my list, uh, particularly uh, She's Out of My League, which, mm. you know, set in Pittsburgh International Airport. Uh, Adventureland, which was shot and portrays Kennywood, which is a park, uh, a, a coaster park in And you're saying you left these off your list? I didn't even watch them. Oh, okay. You haven't seen so, it. So, so I, I, if if anybody from Pennsylvania or, or from Pittsburgh is listening to this, and you're asking where are those movies, I love it. Uh, and also, Zach and Mary make a porno, which, uh, interestingly enough, uh, set in, set in Pittsburgh. But also, uh, a couple of my brother's friends from high school were given roles in that movie. Like, well, you should have watched like, that one. Then. Lines. Uh, I, I don't know those kids, so I didn't care. Uh, that that movie made my movies about movies list that I did with our boy Nick a few months ago. I love that movie. It's a Kevin that's Smith a, movie. That's a real flimsy flimsy way. It's a movie about a movie. Yeah, <laughs> well, porno I mean, movies. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I love that movie though. You should have watched that one for this. It may have I made should it. have. I had a lot. Yeah. I had a lot of stuff to watch, but uh, this was on my list because of the absolute subject matter. So my number five is 1995's Jean Claude Van Damme now, action vehicle. Sudden death. Here we go. You've been wanting to talk about this, and I told you uh, in the pre-roll that I don't think I've seen this one, so talk about it. So I watched this this morning uh, at work. Uh, and by at work, I mean I was sitting at my computer <laughs> desk at home and watching this movie. So oh, man. this Sudden follows uh, Pittsburgh firefighter. Uh, I don't even remember. What, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't even remember. Uh, McCord. His, it's like Damon McCord or something what? like that. What? Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, I, I can look it up. I'm, I'm on the mm. Wikipedia right now. It is Darren McCord. I was very close. Excuse oh, me. That guy. Uh, okay. So uh, he, uh, he, you know, he, there's a fire in a Pittsburgh suburb, and it looks like a Pittsburgh suburb. Uh, I, I've seen that exact house structure before. Uh, he, There's a fire. Uh, he goes in to rescue this girl, uh, and part of the building collapses down, and he, like, lays on top of her to try to protect her, uh, but she still dies anyway. So he's scarred by that. <laughs> okay. Tremendous opening to the movie. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> we then move to two years later, and it's the 1995, maybe even 1994 Stanley Cup final. Uh, game f- game seven. Uh, what? Uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins playing the Chicago Blackhawks as they oh, did man. in uh, 1992, 93. Oh, man. Uh, so actually, it might have been during that. But. <laughs> Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is now a fire marshal inspector for the the Pittsburgh Civic Arena, uh, which it was the Civic Arena back in those days, everybody. It was not the Mellon Arena yet. That was before it was torn down and uh, blown up and now turned into a parking lot. Mm -hmm. I (laughs) was filled with unbridled joy for the first 15 minutes of the movie because it (laughs) it featured Paul Steigerwald, Mike Lang, uh, both voices of the Pittsburgh Penguins back in the back in the nineties. All right, okay. Many many Pittsburgh locations. Like I, I, 
anytime they it like they're outside on location, I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Like, uh, they're um. Uh, he's now separated from his wife, but his wife now lives with her new husband on Mount Washington. I, I, I'm just like picking out everything. I know where everything it was. All right. Okay. Uh, thank God Ashley wasn't with me because I'm like, I know where that is. I know where that is, which is going to be a recurring theme on my list okay. because I, right. I know where everything is, where people so, are shooting shit. So that's, that's, well, that's really a, what it is. It's well, like, that's always cool. Yeah, for sure. It, that's really what it comes down to is I know where everything is. The subject matter is about the, the penguins playing for the Stanley Cup. Sure. Uh, I love the penguins. The the action, the movie itself is like terrible. It's a bad, it's a, it's a fucking god awful movie. <laughs> well, it's but gotta like, be. It's gotta it's, be. It's super enjoyable. Like <laughs> well, even still, like it's super corny at times. It's kind of, it's kind of great. Well, I have a couple questions about sudden death. So first of all, does John claude how many splits does he perform in the movie? Actually none. Okay. That was my first question. So that's already a letdown. And then my second question is how long before you pitch this to me for a watch party and a commentary track? Oh, I, I feel uh, like you're doing probably that. Probably never. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like if you I'm being, if I'm being honest, there's 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 worse movies that I want you to watch first. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I was hoping to be. I was hoping you would pitch something that was at least enjoyable, though. It sounds. Oh no, enjoyable. this is this is fun. Like yeah, this is sure. fun. This is stupid fun. Like I've seen people <laughs> even like recently be like, "Oh, no, this is this is a good movie." And it's like, no, it's oh, not man. a good movie. It's enjoyable. We can di- we can differentiate between good and enjoyable. Like, come on, everybody. All right, man. Well, my number five. So getting into my list, you know, I'll just kind of do a little intro and just say that as I was researching movies set in North Carolina, particularly in Charlotte and near my hometown, one thing that is a common thread is that there is a ton of fucking backwoods rednecks in North Carolina and there is a ton of NASCAR. This is NASCAR country, brother, as you probably know, or at least have found out since you came down here, if mm-hmm. you didn't already. Sure. Pe- people love their auto racing. They love their NASCAR. So I have three films in my extended list in my top 10 that center around NASCAR. One of them is in my top five, and it's at number five, and it's Days of Thunder by, by Mr. Tony Scott. came out in 1990, stars Tom Cruise, and it's infamously the film that Tom Cruise met Nicole Kidman, and they fell in love on that set. Uh-huh. and ultimately got married and became a couple on Days of Thunder. But it's it's a story about <laughs> I really love how they the filmmakers just dove into this NASCAR too because Tom Cruise's character in the film, he's a NASCAR driver, his name's Cole Trickle. Which is like perfect uh-huh. NASCAR uh-huh. name. Uh John C. Riley's in the film and his character's name is Buck Bretherton. Wait, that's kinda that's kinda <laughs> hilarious considering the fact that John C. Riley is eventually in Talladega and I the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Right, exactly, and which will come up later too. Uh, and Carrie Elways is like the villain in the film, and he's also a driver. His name is Russ Wheeler. Oh, Randy Quaid's in this movie. Randy Quaid is oh, he's awesome like by in Hans this. Zimmer. What, what mm-hmm. movie does he not do? I know, especially in the nineties. Well, he did Hillbilly Elegy, and Ron Howard made his fucking score sound like fucking garbage. And uh, Robert Duvall plays the crew chief for Cold Trickle in the movie Harry Hogg, and the relationship between Robert Duvall because Robert Duvall this kind of old school kind of vintage NASCAR guy like back in the old days when they were racing on dirt you know and Tom Cruise is this kind of new wave driver who you know is too big for his britches and thinks he knows everything and the two of them like butt heads but they're both so good at what they do that they end up kind of you know prevailing and overcoming and it's like opposites track kind of story you know and then you have the love story with Nicole Kidman thrown in there and she her character she's kind of like Cole Trickle's kind of therapist basically <laughs> and uh, they end up kind of falling for each other and she kind of becomes kind of susceptible to his charms, you know. But I mean, it's Tom Cruise, so what are you going to do? Especially, yeah, you, you, you can't do anything, uh, especially so, in the nineties. So, fun fact: uh, 
and I knew this sounded from the last name sounded familiar. His name is actually modeled after real NASCAR driver Dick Trickle. Yeah, Dick Trickle, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who I only know about because of Caleb bringing up the fact that Dick Trickle is a real human being that existed at some point. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually passed on. I want to say he died I think a few he is years also ago. dead. Yes, yeah, I, I, but, I do. I do agree. But I remember thinking it was such a funny name, Dick Trickle. Man, what a poor name. Oh man, wow. They really messed him up on that one, his folks there. All right, so that's my number five, Days of Thunder, and it won't be the last mention of NASCAR because when we're talking about movies in North Carolina. One thing I found out is NASCAR is a common thread. So cargo fast. Yeah, that'll come up, man. Left turns, brother. All right, so what's your number four, Dan? All right, my number four is uh, a coming-of-age movie set in Pittsburgh, uh, as per usual, because that is the parameter of my list. In fact, it even says it right in the description of the movie. Uh, It is The Perks of Being a Wallflower, starring, uh, Mm -hmm. well, serendipitously Emma Watson from our Harry Potter series. Yeah. uh, Logan Lerman and Ezra Miller. Also, her, Mae Whitman, and Paul Rudd. I mean, who isn't in this movie? Can I come clean and tell you this is one I haven't seen yet? No, it's fine. It's on Netflix yeah. right now. So. I haven't seen, and it's one that my daughter loves, and she actually told me I need to watch it. So is there like a gay storyline in this? Or yes. No? Uh, okay. Ezra Miller right. is a gay character who, this is set in 1991. So uh, obviously. This came, up, this came up when we did our LGBT films uh, a while back, like back in June, I think, of this year. And it, and I said back then that I was going to watch it, and I still haven't. So I need to get on it. You said it's on Netflix? It is on Netflix right now. All That's right, where cool. I watched it. Uh, I hadn't watched it until like last week so uh basically with it with you know the first line of synopsis saying pittsburgh pennsylvania 1991 i'm like well gotta watch this it's it's basically required gotta do it so uh it's it basically takes place on the eastern side of pennsylvania or no i'm sorry the western side of pennsylvania i'm from the east northeastern side of pennsylvania uh also i've been i lived in the southwestern side of pennsylvania so or uh, of pittsburgh so i'm i'm aware of every area of pittsburgh is what i'm trying to say here but like i recognize a lot of the places uh, uh oh fuck i forget what the the um the school's called now, but they they mention like Stow Rocks and that kind of stuff. So it's like the the southwestern side of, mm-hmm. of Pittsburgh. But regardless, uh, it's a coming of age story. Uh, this kid is, is dealing with some trauma. We don't know what it is, I, and I'm not going to ruin it for you. There's a okay. There's a and it's basically like his first year of high school. Uh, he falls in with like a group of seniors, uh, Ezra Miller and Emma Watson, and eventually like May Whitman and uh, May Whitman and others. And uh, it's about him trying to like cope with the past, even though he's not sure exactly sure what happened to him. Uh, and All his right. family isn't really sure exactly what happened to him either. It's just like, oh, he's, he just seems like he's crazy. But you eventually find out what's wrong with him. And it's, it's a nice story. Okay. Uh, Ezra Miller's pretty good. So yeah. I'm gonna check. It, I'm gonna check it out. Uh, it's been on my to do list for quite a while. My daughter's a big fan of it. I just it's passed me by. I just haven't seen it. But I didn't even know it was on Netflix. So you just told me. So you're welcome. I'm going to check that out. Thank you so much. All right, man. Well, my number four is a pretty new film. It's definitely the newest film on my list and possibly the newest one that we'll talk about tonight. I just saw it. Uh, this Well, I saw it late last year, 2019, but it's a film called The Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. Have you seen that one yet? Uh, no, it's on my list on Prime, though. Yeah, it's really good, man. It, I, I am a giant fan. I think you know this about me, actually, as a friend of mine, but I'm a giant fan of Shia LaBeouf. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors, dude. Like, I just love everything he's in. Honey Boy that came out last year was one of my favorite films of, of that year, and we talked about that when we did our movies of the year. And I just love him. He's such a intriguing, like, kind of artist. 
because he's a great actor, but he is just a weird dude, you know, and he just does all this weird shit. And I don't know, it just interests me that he's got the balls to do some of the stuff he does just in his real life. But this movie's a really charming story, too, because um, it's based on a true story. But, you know, I won't give away like any plot twist or anything for you, but just to give a, a general wrap up, you know, uh, Shia LaBeouf's kind of like his, a down on his luck, kind of like a fisherman mm-hmm. in, on the coast of North Carolina. And uh, he gets into some trouble, so he has to leave town. And he ends up coming across this young man who has escaped or ran away, I guess I should say, from a home, and he has Down syndrome. And the reason he ran away is because his dream is to be a, a professional wrestler. And he runs, and they won't let him fight because he has Down syndrome and like whatever. So he runs away to go to this wrestling school in North Carolina. He's just going to like hitchhike there. So they end up crossing paths, and they end up kind of joining forces to go across the state. Um, and it becomes Shia LaBeouf's character's kind of like goal to get this kid to the wrestling school. And Throughout the course of the film, they just gain this amazing bond, and he ends up coming up with the name for his wrestling character is going to be the Peanut Butter Falcon, and that's where the title of the film comes from, and it's because he loves peanut butter. And he loves Falcons. Uh, and that's the name that he comes up with. And, and Shia LaBeouf embraces it. He's like, yeah, man, it's fucking awesome. And they do all these. He teaches them different wrestling moves. And they fight on the beach. And uh, it's just a really endearing picture. It's It's got a lot of heart. Shia LaBeouf's one of my favorite actors. Dakota Johnson's in this movie. I love her. Uh, speaking of your boy, Kayla from Netflix and Swill, him and I are going to be covering the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, which she is by far the best part of those films. Uh, but I'm a big fan of hers as well. And she has a part in this movie, too. And kind of becomes Shia's love interest in the film. But yeah, the Peanut Butter Falcon, man, you said it's on your watch list, so I would recommend checking it out. But that's my number four. It takes place on uh, mainly on the Outer Banks, which is like the coast of North Carolina. All right, man. So we're up to you, brother. What's your number three? All right. My number three is, uh, let me see if this is, if what the my statement is actually true about this. Yes. Uh, this is the most recent movie on my list. Uh, it is Fences, the uh, mm, the adaptation yeah, sure. of the August Wilson play starring Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Uh, now, I've said it many times in the lead up to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, August Wilson is a black Pennsylvania playwright, or a uh, Pittsburgh playwright, I should say. So uh, Pittsburgh loves him uh, because he is a- an actual Pittsburgher that we can take credit for and we can say how great we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something Pittsburgh does. Uh, for instance, uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, he went to Penn Hills for one year uh, in uh, Penn Hills uh, School District in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we like to say Rob Gronkowski came from Pittsburgh, which is blatantly false. Uh, mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, this follows the story of um, oh god, why can't I remember character names at all? I feel like an asshole. Uh, pardon me for one minute so I can look up character names, Gerald. No problem. Ah, Troy Maxson. Okay. So this follows Troy Maxson, uh, who is a former Negro League player, and uh, once like this takes place after Jackie Robinson integrated into Major League Baseball. So now like black players are becoming more and more commonplace. Uh, but he was like he aged out by the point by that point. Uh, so like he never really made it big outside of the Negro Leagues. Like he was a great player in the Negro Leagues. It just was too old. And so like he's very bitter about the fact that, you know, he never he never got to play in the majors. Like he said, I would have been the best. I, I you know, I'd have beat all them. I'd beat everybody in, in the majors. I'd, I'd have been the best hitter of all time, that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like hit him 
like laying that burden on his family like he works in a steel mill now uh and, and like as opposed to you know playing baseball professionally and having made an, a nice living off of that and he kind of mm-hmm. leaves that burden on his family and he you know alienates them and mm-hmm. you know accosts them because of like him living in the past it's like the the non-comedic version of uncle rico who like you know i can throw a football over the mountains it's like it's it's very much like that kind of a character <laughs> right, sure but you know played a hundred percent straight like and this is what he brings on his family and this is how like they try to navigate that now uh knowing that it is a play you can tell there are certain scene transitions where it's like oh this is very play like like they're waiting for somebody to walk off screen and then they have somebody go on screen as if, as if it were a play uh, it's it, it's mm, not it's, it's not distracting but like i noticed a few of those also because i've read fences before okay uh, because of the fact that you know i cool. am from pittsburgh because of the pittsburgh thing the sure pittsburgh yeah thing. but yeah, yeah it, it, it was basically set in like i want to say it was set in lawrenceville which has now become gentrified so thanks white people mm, yeah always messing everything up i um th- you're giving me like my to-do list because i haven't seen any of your films so far including sudden death fences is one that you know denzel was nominated for the academy award for and i think viola davis was too yes and the clips that i saw during oscar season for that and even in the trailer i'm like whoa oh bro they're they're, they're so so good oh it's intense dude i mean they're like that's a clinic bro i mean you forgive ultimately you forgive the the little like nods like oh this is a play to their performances because like it doesn't matter like their performance like their performances take over like like the fact that like oh yeah you can tell some at some points this is a play it doesn't fucking matter watch them watch them for their performances alone the f- uh, all right so fences which I knew was based on a play and I did not know that was uh, set in Pittsburgh so yeah cool another one on my to do list that's your number three. My number three, here we go, man. You know, I'm a horror guy, Dan. I'm only going to say it one time. That was my one time. Okay. So I've got a couple horror films on my list here. This one is more like suspense thriller, but it definitely has elements of horror, and it definitely scared the shit out of me when I saw it. As, as I was young, actually, when I saw it. I was probably about 15, 16 years old when I saw it for the first time. And I remember being very, very scared from it, but it, more because it was like unsettling, not necessarily horror. But have you seen a film called Cape Fear? From 1991. Uh, no. Uh, so I. Oh, okay. I, I was looking. So I have the Wikipedia list of movies set in North Carolina pulled up. So I'm like oh. looking at the list, being like, all right, what's he going to pull up next? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is a Scorsese picture. So Marty Scorsese, 1991. And of course, if it's a Scorsese picture, it's got De Niro in it, right? Well, of course. It has to. So Robert De Niro is the star. So here's the setup. Uh, again, I won't give away any pot spoilers. But I really think you probably should watch it. There's not any narrow. There is a little bit of narration in this film, actually, but not to the level what you're used to from Goodfellas and Casino and whatever. But Max Cady, played by De Niro, and I'm doing this from memory. And I, truth be told, I haven't seen this movie in probably ten years, but I do love it. But he's a convicted rapist, and Nick Nolte was his attorney, and he gets off after like 14 years. So he finally gets out of prison. You know, Nick Nolte wasn't able to get him acquitted. He went to prison. So when Max Cady gets out, he basically stalks Nick Nolte and his family to get revenge for sending him to prison because he blames him for not getting him off. Hmm. So he sent he basically stalks them for for having to go to prison. Uh, Jessica Lange plays uh, Nolte's wife. Juliette Lewis in a very young early role for her is the daughter in the film. There's some uh, creepy kind of like pedophilia stuff going on with her and Robert De Niro in the movie. And then of course, don't forget he's a rapist to begin with. So he's a piece of shit and a sex offender. Um, so it's a very unsettling, eerie film. It, Cape Fear is actually a town in the in the on the coast of North Carolina, oh. and that's where that's where the title is derived from. 
Um, and it's also loosely based on a true story as well. The names change and things like that. So this is a fucking like creepy, scary, ominous film that Scorsese did a really, really nice job of the tone throughout the film of keeping the viewer kind of like on edge where you like want to kind of look away, but you also have to watch because you got to see how it plays out. And it comes down to a really awesome climax too on a boat out in Cape Fear where the family is kind of trapped on a boat with, with Max Cady. And, you know, you're on literally an island when you're on this boat out in the middle of, of, of the lake there. So uh, it's, it's a great movie. It's one of, it's actually one of my favorite Scorsese films too, which it kind of flies under the radar with his filmography. But I think it's great. It's from 1991. So I would say check it out. I want to say actually, Dan, that this might be on Netflix. I think Kate fear. Uh, let me look. Cause that wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. Cause they've been, they've been slowly adding Martin Scorsese movies. Mm-hmm. I want to say I saw it on there recently, but I would say, give it a go, man. It is. There you go. So there you go. Uh, maybe I'll pitch it over to you. When are you going to start taking suggestions for patron? Uh, uh, at the end of the, at the beginning of the year, every, at the, at the beginning of every quarter. Like what's wrong with you? Come on. Get ready. I'm going to pitch you Cape fear. You should check it out. Right. So that's my, uh, that's my number three, man. We're over to you for your runner up. Uh, uh, my number two is me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Hey. Very, very obviously set in Pittsburgh. Uh, I remember watching this as a, a patron requested review from Nick, uh, who loves this movie. Best, his best movie of 2015, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, and I remember watching this movie and be like, oh, I know where this is. I know where this is. I know where they are. Uh, and Ashley's sitting there just feeling, like, oh my gosh, shut the fuck up. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's basically the story of uh, a loner kid who has a, a friend who, who he makes, uh, you know, little re- shitty reenactments of movies with. And they uh, they befriend this girl who is sick with, I believe, cancer. And uh, the movie happens and goes through everything. And I'm not going to give it away here. But uh, it, it's basically the story about their wonderful friendship and how he, he turns from being, like, I guess closed off to the world to being more receptive, becomes more popular. You know, people actually start to like him at his school and mm-hmm. uh, you know f- figuring out like hey do, th- do those people actually mean anything to you so I- i'm wondering if all five of yours are going to be movies that are on my to-do list my watch list i have not seen this one yet either and if, when i if my number one is still on your to-do list okay we're right. gonna have a fucking problem i was gonna say you got a little streak going here though because i haven't seen this one either and we just mentioned movies about movies earlier the episode i did a few months ago with nick and this was on his list and um i he was mad at me because i confused it with uh, Lars and the Real Girl. I thought that's what he was talking about at the time, mm. <laughs> which is a movie I have seen, but I have not seen Me Earl and the Dying Girl. But I want to. And when he was explaining it to me on that episode, it sounded the premise sounded really cool and sounds like it's up my alley. I just it's passed me by. So, and I also did not know this was set in Pittsburgh either. So that's cool. Oh yeah, there's. Believe me, there there are many movies where you're like, oh, I don't know, this is, it was set here. I mean, normally movies are set in either Los Angeles or New York. That's mm. it. Yeah, uh, like, pretty much. Yeah. yeah whenever, whenever they're set somewhere else, uh, somewhere and somewhere that you have a familiarity with, because I didn't know this was set in Pittsburgh <clears throat> until I started watching. I'm like, oh my god, it's a Pittsburgh movie. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let me um, let me carry on the horror train here for my runner up, my number two, and I know it's a movie that you have seen because I feel like I've heard you no, bash it on your show. I think last summer. You do. You do fucking know what I did last summer. I know what you did last summer is my number two. It's a movie I watched. This movie's fine. Okay, all right. I feel like I heard you talk shit about it, but maybe you were just giving me shit online in July. Oh, I, I, watch give, this. I give you shit every every. You do, you second do. Second, I can. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I watch this every July Fourth, and uh, along with Jaws. And 
Oh, now I know why I gave you shit, because you were watching this over Independence Day, you fucking That's right. monster. I do every year, man. And a couple years ago, my buddy Kenny has a replica of the Michael Myers house, which, by the way, I should take you after our Halloween series uh, one year, whatever COVID's over. But, please, please just stab me to death in that house. Uh, yeah, why not? But uh, Muse Watson, who plays the fisherman with the slicker in this film, um, was there, and I got to meet him, and that was really cool. And he was literally just like, he was an everyday dude. Like, he was just walking around talking to people. Like, I remember he asked me, and my daughter went with me that year. Uh, we dressed as Sydney and Ghostface from Scream, and we went to this Halloween party. And, um, you know, he was asking me, like, I remember he asked me, he's like, what, what was your fa- what's your favorite Scream movie, man? Is the original your favorite? And that was, like, how he asked me. And I, and I was so taken aback. Like, I, I probably sounded like a fucking idiot. But I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. And I talked to him a little bit about Scream 2, uh, which he was a big fan of, too. So he was just, like, talking about people's costumes and was just walking around and enjoying just, you know, the horror community, which was really awesome. And they screened it there on the lawn, too, with him in attendance, which was really cool. But, you know, this movie um, has some pacing issues for me. Like, it's not my favorite 90s horror film. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely got some problems. Yeah, because it takes, like, an hour to really kind of get going, quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, But I feel like once it does, it's just awesome. And I love watching it in the July 4th holiday. I mean, you can't beat the scene with Sarah and Michelle Geller getting chased through the streets or even some of the suspenseful scenes. What are scenes. you waiting for? Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's Jennifer Love Hewitt. Well, sure, the, but still. Boobies bouncing. That's probably yeah. the most iconic moment from the movie. Yeah, that's that's a, that's one of the most iconic uh, moments from Gerald's uh, '90s psyche, brother. But uh, well, yes, yeah, because it's raining, Gerald. Um, we get it. And, that, and that's also what I do in Target on like September 1st when the Halloween decorations aren't out yet. I just stand out there and I'm like, "What are you waiting for?" Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, dude, I'm circle. going to your Target and I'm gonna kick you in the dick. <laughs> so I know what you did last summer, but you're you, so you're a fan of this one. You were just giving me shit. It's, yeah. It's fine. Uh, okay. Like you, you're right. It has pacing issues. Like it definitely has some issues, but it's like a fine, fine little movie. You probably knew this one was going to make my list, right? Uh, yeah. When you said horror, I was like, I mean, there's this. There's there's also another one on here. It's probably not going to make your list, but like the descent, it's it is on the Wikipedia list. I don't know if that's well, actually set I didn't, in, North, in North Carolina. Yeah, that bothered me too, and I didn't research it. Oh enough, yeah, one year but- later. Uh, uh, everyone is reunited at a cabin in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I remember that being, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't think the vast majority of that film was in North Carolina, but I could be wrong. I didn't remember it that way. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. So I didn't want to be inauthentic and be like, oh, yeah, I, sir, I read it on a list or whatever. These movies I remember, like North Carolina being pretty prominent location in them. This particular one, I, I want to say it's Elizabeth City, I think. Um, which is on the coast of North Carolina, and I've actually been there. It's near Wilmington, um, is where I know what you did last summer takes place, or at least it's where. Um, uh, God, I can't remember Jay, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character's name right now for some reason, but that's where her home is. And then she goes like when she's in college, she's in a different location. Then she goes back there and like back and forth. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but I remember Elizabeth City being prominent, and I know what you did last summer. So that's my runner up. But you, but that's it for horror for me. So you don't have to. Well, well, I mean, we all know what your number one is. Like it's yeah, not I hope even so. a question. I hope so. North Carolina movies, and I'll talk about it in a minute, man. But you're up first, man. What's your number one? All right, my number one. You're gonna get mad at me. Is Warrior. Hmm. I'm not mad at you. I dig this movie. I just saw it recently, actually. All right. So uh, now, why would I be mad at you about that? Well, okay, because and you actually brought this up. A vast majority of it. Does not take place. In I was going to say they go to Vegas, right? They go or to so- Atlantic City. Atlantic City, okay. So it's actually it's a it, it is an overarching Pennsylvania movie. Tommy Reardon is training in Pittsburgh. 
uh, with Nick Nolte. Uh, and, Nick Nolte's and, back. Yeah, hey. Nick Nolte's back. Uh, uh, <laughs> tremendous performance by Nick. Nolte. It was, yeah, like, uh, sure. This dude should have won all the awards that year. But I didn't think we would. I didn't think we would both mention Nolte tonight, though. That's oh, funny. Well, sure, but no one ever thinks of the Nolte until whatever. Uh, but like, yeah. So Tommy Reardon uh, does a lot of training in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, and that's where his gym is. Which it's weird that you know a professional MMA fighter is f- is training in a, a Pittsburgh gym. But hey, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then from the other side, you have Brendan, who is in Philadelphia, a teacher, and he fights at like uh, uh, you know biker bars and that kind of shit for quick cash because you know his family is not well to do right and yeah, yeah the climax does happen in atlantic city we get kurt angle who is from a pittsburgh guy so i mean if we want to you know tangentially pull in things sure kurt angle, yeah pittsburgh that's cool guy. yeah i like that though that's but, cool i mean if you haven't seen warrior at this point what the fuck is wrong with you well you know i hadn't seen it until um God damn, when did it come up? I was on somebody else's show, and it came up. Um, and I can't remember what it was. I want to say it may have been our boy Paul from Australia. But anyway, I was on somebody's show, and it came up. And I was like, it had been on my to-do list forever. And I went and watched it like that week. So I saw it like six months ago for the first time. Um, but I want to say this is the same director that did movies like Rudy. And he does a lot of sports movies, Gavin right? Gavin O'Connor? Yeah, Gavin O'Connor. Uh, he did The Way Back this year? He did way back, yep. Uh, he, he works a, a lot with uh, Affleck because he did The Accountant. Uh, Jane got a gun. Oh, he did Miracle. That's why I know him. Yeah, Miracle. Yeah, he does those sports movies. That yeah, are he like does those redemptive. like underdog sports mm-hmm. movies kind yeah. of things. So yeah, but no, I liked it, man. I just saw it recently. I thought it was good. I thought um, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, everybody was great in the film. Nick Nolte was a freaking powerhouse um, as kind of like that supporting role as the father, mm-hmm. and it really did a real nice. It, it was a it was a nice brotherhood story with this, with the MMA setback or, or back backdrop. I mean, sure. Um, and I thought it was really good, man. So I think it's a good pick. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't um, think about it for Pittsburgh though. But I guess because I was researching it's North not, Carolina, it didn't really come up. But. It's not hyper set in Pittsburgh. Like I said, mm. it's like it's blink and you'll miss it kind of Pittsburgh stuff. But like there are things that I definitely recognize when when they're when they're going through Pittsburgh. Uh, even I th- even the uh, school district he's from is from Pittsburgh. So uh, yeah, it's 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 I don't want to say it's blink and you'll miss it, but it's very quick. All right, man. Warrior is your number one. That's a, that's a great movie, man. And I, uh, it's cool that I just ha- uh, happened to see that recently too. So there you go. That's your number one uh, movie set in Pennsylvania, specifically in Pittsburgh. All of your top five in Pittsburgh, huh? Mm-hmm. Dude, you you really showed me up on this one. I did. But now I'll tell you what, man. Um, you move you moved to North Carolina in what? It was was it December or was it January when you moved down? January. Here? So you moved down in January of 2020. And I said, you know what? I told Ashley, I said, let's get together. Let's meet up. I want to see my boy Dan in person. I want to touch his penis. I want to do the whole thing. And uh, we met up at a local like bar slash arcade called Boxcar in downtown Durham, North Carolina, which is where I live and where mm-hmm. I've lived for the last like 12 years, mm-hmm. 14 years, actually. I just mm-hmm. had to do the math in my head. And uh, right there on the quote unquote block where Boxcar is, is the old Durham Bulls Stadium. Uh, there's a new stadium that's a lot more fancy, a couple miles away, which I've been to several times. The Durham Bulls play there every year. But where they used to play and their now practice facility is the old Durham Bulls stadium that is featured in the movie from 1988, Bull Durham. And I took you there. We met there, brother. 
So, of course, that's my goddamn number one movie from North Carolina. Not only that, it's the best movie ever shot in North Carolina. And not only that, it's one of the best sports movies of all time. And not only that, it's one of the best baseball movies of all time. And I don't know if you know, but there are a ton of baseball movies. So this movie is obviously in the 80s, which I'm going to be a sucker for right away because I love 80s nostalgia. But you've got Kevin Costner, Tim Robbins, and Susan Sarandon in kind of this love triangle. Tim Robbins is a pitcher. Um, Kevin Costner is the catcher for the Durham Bulls. And they play on the same team. Susan Sarandon plays what they call a house mom. And she kind of takes in some of the house players and lets them kind of, you know, rent out rooms basically from her house. And she ends up, uh, you know, kind of starting a love affair with Kevin Costner. But then Tim Robbins is kind of sweet on her. So they so she has a thing with him. So it just kind of creates this love triangle. But this whole time, this beautiful story about the Durham Bulls season, them kind, kind of trying to win the like get through the to the championship game and the at the end of the movie is going on it's a great story man if you love baseball films which is really a subgenre in of itself but if you love baseball films this is definitely one of the best you got to check out bull durham have you seen this yet now no and i never will <sighs> right. and, I, and i and i'll tell you why go ahead it's Duster. actually to piss off ashley it's not to piss off you at all uh, but no, if it, i piss off you, if i piss off it's you, working <laughs> as well i'll take it man all right so ashley likes this too i'm assuming as far as i'm aware all right, well, i mean she, she gets well i don't know if she gets mad but I, I i don't i don't pronounce it durham i pronounce it durham just to piss her off <laughs> jesus christ man all right well uh look not uh, your um <laughs> you're fucking <laughs> flustered <laughs> you trying to anger me and ashley aside i think i've pumped it up as one of my favorite sports movies one of my favorite baseball movies i mean it's no and it's no miracle oh okay sure <laughs> i'm not a hockey guy though you know that it's because you're but, a monster also because the hurricanes aren't a good team therefore you can't be a hockey fan <laughs> well um and you know living in durham too and I mean, COVID's a different world, but pre-COVID, like I was literally there like once a week in that where this film was shot. And you were talking about that a little bit with some of your Pittsburgh films, how you were noticing locations and this and that. And it's just some, there's just something really special and cool to be like on the soil where a film that you love was shot, you know. And I know you probably feel that with some of the Pittsburgh movies that you've been mentioning as well. So that's also why it holds a special place but it's also just a great movie so that's my number one man i hope you check it out one of these days i'll i'm gonna send ashley a message and try to get her on that i mean good luck yeah what are you gonna do all right so uh let's round out our top fives dan tell everybody again what your five pittsburgh films were all right my number five was the jean-claude van damme vehicle sudden death uh, my number four was The Person Being a Wallflower. Three was Fences. Two was Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Those two right there make Nick very happy. And number one is Warrior. There you go. And my top five was, number five was Days of Thunder, the Tony Scott NASCAR action film. My number four was the recent film, Peanut Butter Falcon. Number three was Cape Fear. My number two was I Know What You Did Last Summer. And my number one was Bull Durham, the baseball classic. Uh, let's do some honorable mentions, man. You know, I was joking around with you. I didn't think uh, about four or five hours ago, I didn't think I was going to be able to come up with 10, but I did. So I have five here. What about you, man? What do you got? All right. Uh, so here's here's my, my rounded out top five. I don't feel good about this, uh, mainly because like some of these movies I'm fine on. Uh, but mm -hmm. I will start with number six, Rocky. Like, hey, there you go. Come on. It's Philly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I like it. It's Philly and fuck <clears throat> Philly. But I mean, you, you got to have it. It's Rocky. It's a Pennsylvania movie through and through. 
Well, I ha- I'm going to wait and hear what the rest of yours are, but I have two that I was like, Pennsylvania set movies, yes. And that was one of them. So I want to see if the other one's on there. Go uh, ahead. S- speaking of fuck Philly, uh, let's go Philadelphia, the Tom Hanks Denzel Washington movie. The second time Denzel was on my list. Mm-hmm. Great film. Then, uh, this is probably one that you'd be upset with me if I did not put on my list, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, love it, dude. George A. Romero, love Western it. Pennsylvania. You know, yeah. the, the Monroeville Mall is dedicated to him, uh, although I think that mall is dead now and no one ever goes no there. No pun so. intended. Well, I mean, I just don't think anyone goes there. So, But it's unfortunate because they have the statue of him in there. Uh, and, I, and I've been there to see that, that statue. So That's awesome, dude. Or it's, it might be a bust. I forget which which one it is, but it's it's one of the two. Uh, and then we have Groundhog Day. Now, look, mm-hmm. I don't like Groundhog Day. I'm going to be honest. Uh I don't like Bill Murray in movies. What? I know that sounds stupid. Uh, Do you like him generally speaking? I so here are the two movies I like him in: Caddyshack and Zombieland. No, I don't. Oh, even, okay. I don't even like him in Ghostbusters. Well, Zombieland's a cameo, but sure. But I can't take him in main roles. I prefer him much more in like the the scaled back roles. Like a little bit of Mur- Bill Murray goes a long way for me. So what about? Did you ever see Lost in Translation with Scarja? I have not. I love him in that. That's and he's my also in that On the Rocks movie where he reunited mm-hmm. with Sofia Coppola. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't but seen I want that to. either. But uh, you know, Apple Apple Plus Teenies, maybe. Yeah, let's do it. Talk to Brad. I mean, we got to talk to Brad about that. We got to figure that out. Apple Plus Teenies. We'll see. We we'll should see get as many. We should get as many like white dudes together <laughs> that mean, don't drink Apple Teenies to do Apple Teenie. Apple Teenie. What, what what do you call a- it? Apple Plus Teenies. Apple Plus Teenies. <laughs> we should do that. Everyone's man. very confused by this. We're not going to. Say, we're not going to reveal what it is yet. <laughs> Everybody's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Okay. Well, just remember Apple Plus, okay, and Apple TV. No, 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 no. Don't, and your, don't and your explain future. it. Don't explain it. No, just, just remember leave it. that. Yeah, sure. Okay. What are we at? Is that it for your uh, talk? Time? What the fuck? No, I, I, that's only like three of them uh, or four of them. Uh, <laughs> What's number 10? Uh, number 10. Oh, that's a that's a fucking great question, Gerald. I had a tough time with this one. I'm going to be honest. Like there, uh-huh. there's a lot that I that I didn't watch that I wanted to watch. Yeah, uh, sure. and I'm and I'm still flipping through. Adventureland should be on your list for sure. Adventureland, I should be watching at some point. Case too, man. That's my girl. Hey, uh, sure. Love her. Sure, Gerald. I gotta get. I gotta find somebody online. This is a sidebar, but I gotta find somebody online to do top five case two with me. She's such a polarizing actress. I feel like you, you literally love her or hate her, and I absolutely love her. So anyway, a little yes. sidebar. But uh, go ahead. fuck. Um, um. Wow. I'm, I'm figuring this out. <laughs> I, I, I'm staring through this list. I've been stuck oh, on man. those nine for okay, the well, better part of a day. No, 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 no. You, no. You're on the P's. I got around it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to. Oh, man. You guys are always so um, tortured by that. Oh, fuck. No, like this is the few one of the few times where I'm actually tortured by this. It's not like Tangential Christmas movies was the only time I gave up because it was yeah. like there's six. And there's only ever six yeah, sure. uh, fuck it, Gerald. I'm going to go National Treasure. There's that oh, whole okay, sequence in go. Philadelphia. Sure. I'm just going to go with it. Those movies aren't as bad as everyone says they are. I mean, that's like before Cage no, went off good. the rails. I wouldn't yeah. say I wouldn't say good. They're entertaining. Well, they're good for like family adventure, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. 100%. And, and like you're learning some stuff too. Like not all of it is exactly fact, but I mean, whatever. All right, well, to I, random, I, I actually have a friend in the Freemasons who every time I see him, I'm like, so, you know, tell me where that treasure is. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Well, to round out my top 10, I got a couple more NASCAR picks in here. And at number six is a pretty recent film by a director Logan that Lucky. I, yeah, a director I love, Steven Soderbergh, but it's a film called Logan Lucky. I was, you see, when you said which, NASCAR, I was like, is he going to take Logan Lucky here? Okay. I, you know what? It was my number five for a while. So it's kind of funny that you said that, but Days of Thunder edged it out. But Logan Lucky, have you seen Logan Lucky? Yes. I actually reviewed uh, that on the countdown. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I, I like it, man. I mean, it's fine. It's got Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, Riley Keough, who I love, Daniel Craig in a fucking batshit crazy role for him in this movie where he plays this kind of Southern, like, outlaw, basically. See, this uh, was his audition for Knives Out. Yeah, you might be right, actually. It's very similar, but yeah. So that would have been my number six. My number seven would have been a movie called Cold Mountain which stars the aforementioned Nicole Kidman, and it's a Civil War, like, romance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an epic uh, film. It's just shot beautifully. The cinematography is beautiful. Renee Zellweger um, was nominated for the Academy Award for this role. Hey, she had Brendan a, Gleeson. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson's in this. That's right. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I remember from it. Jude Law. Jude Law. Uh, uh, Natalie Portman's in this. Same yep. with Gi- Gi- Giovanni Ribisi and Donald Sutherland. Yep. It's a really cool, if you like war films, it is a really, really good uh, Civil War film. But what's cool about it is it's set in that era, but it doesn't, the war itself doesn't take prominence in the story, mm-hmm. which I really like. I think they I've were seen able to parts of this movie. Like if it was just on like TV and I'd like walk around it and, now, and shit. Now look, man, uh, the next one is, is is not a good movie. Okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you, my number eight is not a good film. Sure, but I came to it late. I actually just saw it. Uh, I want to say possibly this year, or it may have been last year, 2019, that I saw it. It came out in 2016. But the reason I like it is because of who's in it. And because I remember the story vividly in the news, it's based on a true story in North Carolina. But it's a film called Masterminds about these fucking oh, idiots fuck that movie, who man. rob an armored car. And I love so much Zach Galifianakis. Like, I literally am a fanboy of him. I love him so much. The Between Two Ferns guy, I'm sure you know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. I, I like that movie. I don't like this movie. So, here, so <laughs> Ashley, Kristen Wiig. Ashley made me watch this. Because yeah, sure. uh, it was set in North Carolina and it was uh-huh, on Netflix, yeah. so mm-hmm. uh, you know she she pulled rank and used her patronage dollars to make us watch this movie. Okay, and I was mad. I was mad the whole time. It's stupid fun, man. But what I love about it is that it's based on a true story, and these guys are idiots, you know, and they're just like they, it's just fumbling morons that like went way farther than they should have been able to go. And I feel like it tells the tale a little bit of kind of like North Carolina law enforcement a little sure, bit. Sure, sure, sure. Like, how did they get away, get this far, you know? Uh, we mentioned Kevin Costner at my number one with Bull Durham. Well, how about Tin Cup? I love the movie Tin Cup, which is a golf romance. Mm-hmm. Rene Russo and Don Johnson in that film with him. Um, I'm not a golf fan per se, but I really like this film is as he's kind of the blue collar. Is a golf fan? I don't believe people actually like watching golf, but they like, they enjoy playing golf. Mm, maybe. that Yeah, you might be right, actually. That's a good point. And then how could I not put Talladega Nights on here, man? It's my number 10. Sure. Uh, here's Okay, so there there's, there's one movie that I'm shocked. Shocked is not on here. And maybe you just didn't think of it as a North Carolina movie. Maybe. Uh, like The Descent. Maybe. Uh, Blue Velvet. Um, oh, man. Do you want me to do this? You want to get into this? Uh, okay, so I'm a giant David Lynch fan. Blue Which is Velvet why I'm not surprised. One, yeah, Blue Velvet is not one of my favorites. So. Okay. It's just, I, I like it. is it better than Masterminds? That's the thing, man. Is that, <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, 
you're going to get me in trouble. Yes, it is a better film than Masterminds. But when I make these lists, as you know, Dan, if if Masterminds and Blue Velvet are sitting on the table in front of me, which one am I going to put in the player? Probably Masterminds. I, I would probably, that would be an easier watch for me at this point. Okay. All right. So I want to have fun. What is your number one Pennsylvania set movie? Mm, can I pull it up on Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have right. mine pulled up for number one North Carolina movie. Right, well, but I want to I want, I want to hear this because, I, I, you know, well, you just for funsies. Me. All right. So I'm in Google. I don't know if that's the best method, though. You may probably go I mean, Wikipedia, this is right? How I All found right. Here it, we go. Film, film set in Pennsylvania. All right. Here we go. Uh, well, well, did you know that film set in Pittsburgh is its own category? Yes, I did. All right, let me go through these. Give me, can you? I'll edit this out. Just give me a minute. Take your time. Do whatever you want. Uh, I'm gonna say, ooh, okay, that's a fucking plot twist. That might be the one I throw out there at you. Oh, that one too. Oh, I would have had fun with this list, buddy. You fucked up. You left off a lot of movies, brother. Oh, th- th- well, left off as in I haven't seen them likely. Uh, all right. Well, where do you want me to go? In fact, I could probably give what, you. What I'll give you my top three that are not obvious. Okay. How about that? Because I feel like Night of the Living Dead and Rocky are obvious. Is that correct? Like yes. you know, I probably would pick those. Okay, yes. so three that are not obvious to you and most of the listeners would be that thing you do. Okay, sure. Fuck it. I forgot that was an eerie PA. Um, and then I just saw this one and I didn't even realize. I, honestly, I don't even remember this Pennsylvania being a point of discussion in this film, but I love signs. M. Night Shyamalan signs apparently takes I place in Pennsylvania. S- I saw that on the list. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, but so I, I I felt like they were in like a corn like a cornfield though. So I felt like that was they were. Kansas. That's why I was like, I didn't know that. Uh, let me look. But all right. On this Episcopal, I mean Episcopalian. Okay, maybe. And then uh, my third one would be, and I'm trying to do not the obvious ones, but uh, that's that's pretty obvious. But I might still name it. Um, yeah, my third one has got to be the Blob, the horror classic about the fucking yeah, that's fair. Uh, so that takes over fucking people's bodies. I'm right. looking at filming, and it says it, it's shot in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Delaware Valley University, which I don't know where that is, but I'm assuming Pennsylvania, uh, Newton, Pennsylvania, and Morrisville, Pennsylvania. So, so I think it was so, shot in Pennsylvania. Oh, Delaware University is is a Pennsylvania university. So right. I, I think they're using that based off of like there's no actual location, but they're they shot it entirely in Pennsylvania. So they're but like it could movie. be there, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. I feel like that's a more it could be when set I anywhere, s- but. Because when I saw that, I was like, oh, really? Okay. Because I would have thought like Iowa or Kansas or something. Right. Yeah. You, you're thinking Midwest. It's yeah. it's weird to say Pennsylvania. But I guess that makes sense because like Shyamalan, I, wasn't Unbreakable set in like Philadelphia? It was. Yep. Okay. So Unbreak- mm-hmm. actually, that's on my there was list. Some of it, there was some of it filmed in Eagle Stadium, I think. Uh, un- Unbreakable. I think. I I think. I want to say that was... That and was uh, by the way, we haven't brought up we haven't brought up Dark Knight Rises yet either. Well, that was, was shot in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, it was shot in Heinz Field. Well, yeah, because I guess Heinz, it takes place in thing. Gotham City. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. But but, uh, but yes, uh, I. So interestingly enough, I actually tried to be an extra for that movie. I, oh, I actually nice. went to the 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 thing for extras. Never. I know. Um, I know my boy or our boy Justin from Epic Film Guys did too. He mentioned that to me, and he didn't. He didn't get in there either. But uh, I guess you're right though, because that's obviously Gotham City. So yeah, uh, that wouldn't fit our. Yeah, brief, I'm looking. But. It doesn't say where Unbreakable set, but I always felt like it was Philadelphia. Huh. Mm. 
I feel like it was too. And I think Sixth Sense was in Philadelphia as well. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, it, but uh, it's been so long since I've seen either of those movies. Like, uh, it took me forever to realize that was Robin Wright as uh, as his as his wife. Oh, okay. Well, wow. well, Robin Wright right, and so then what? Uh, Michael Kelly is his doctor at the very beginning. So I'm like, oh, House of Cards. So what are your three not obvious North Carolina Okay, films? so I wouldn't even say they're not obvious. It's like, Dan, what the fuck have you seen? So, Logan Lucky, I guess, would be on there, even though I think that movie's fine. All right. Um, I haven't seen too many of these movies, I'm going to be quite honest. I, mean, I know what you did last summer. And the final yeah. movie, uh, because only because this would infuriate you to watch. Uh, there's this movie called Alien Abduction. Mm, now, what? we watched this in the early throngs of Netflix and Swill for as a cautionary tale of Netflix, back when we did it every fucking week, and, mm. uh, before we started to lose our minds. So, uh, this is a terrible movie, but uh, it's it's bad. It's just a bad movie. It's it's basically about like this family who goes on a road trip with a, a it's a found footage movie, and this kid is just videotaping it the whole time, and an alien show up and abduct them. <laughs> it's terrible. It's a terrible All movie. Right. It sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> but now I want to make you watch it. So that actually, when you asked, uh, are you going to make me watch Sudden Death? No. Well, the, well, this hold is, on now. This is what we're talking about. All right. We'll calm down with the commentary tracks, because these are watch parties. You no, gotta, no, 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 no. You're giving this to the public, man. Anybody can join these watch parties. Uh, good. The public should watch this. It's terrible. <laughs> Jesus. Just remember, All right. I, look, I want the public to understand something, Gerald. This is very yes. important because when people say, like, big blockbuster movies are garbage, I don't yeah. think they understand what they, they're really meaning there because, like, there's actual true garbage on planet Earth being made every day. And the movies you see that are bad, y- you don't even know the fucking half of it, people. All right, you want to go over to uh, – sorry, I was just reading Paul's comment on our suggestion box post, which confused me. But do you want to go over and read some of the feedback? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So this was an interesting one. So I couldn't do like a regular suggestion box because obviously everybody's from different states. But I just said, you know what? I told him we were recording and I said, what is your favorite movie that takes place in your home state? So let's see what they said. So Chris Green, who was actually a recent guest on the show, we did our top five stand-up comedians turned actors. He said his favorite would be Dazed and Confused or Rushmore. He's from Texas. Sure. Texas, by the way, is rich in films uh, that take place there. Yeah. Uh, someone brought up No Country for Old Men, and yeah. that, is, that is the correct answer. I agree. That one and um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. Come on, dude. That's got to be the answer from Texas, brother. Uh, well, at least if you're me. Adam Mueller, who is a new fan to the page. Thank you so it's much, Adam. Adam Malore. Malore, I'm so sorry. Thank you I so much. I listen to the countdown enough that I know how Paul pronounces it. So this is how Adam expects to be have his name pronounced oh, every time. What did I say? So yeah. so Paul says Malore, and what did I say? Uh, Mueller. And that's, Mueller. Not, that's not even close. <laughs> well, if he's a fearless Bueller fan, he might like that. Mueller. I don't know. So he said he said Halloween. Hey Dan, uh, Google where Halloween was shot. That could Haddonfield, shot? Illinois, cannot be real. Or oh, because I, I, it takes place in Haddonfield, Illinois. Yeah, for it the takes most place part. in Illinois, but I think it was shot in North Carolina. Oh, uh, so he's from he's from he's Illinois. From Illinois. There you go. Probably a Chicago guy. Fuck the Hawks. They got uh, beat Mike, by the Penguins in, in sudden death. <laughs> Michael Hill, who's lives here with me in North Carolina, says Bull Durham, but for me, Cat's Eye. You know what, Michael? He, God damn it, he's right. I forgot about Cat's Eye. Uh-huh. Shit. Shit. Uh huh. That's one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, and you know what? I'm not going to revise my list, Dan. Forget it. Uh, but 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 you're right, Michael. I, I messed up missing that. That should have probably at least been in my top ten. Uh, Aaron Tucker, who's also from North Carolina, mentioned Ten Cup, Kiss the Girls, and Nell. 
Justin Winters, who lives in California but is from North Carolina, said Bull Durham. So he gets it. Uh, Jared Taylor, patron and fan of the show. Where is tw- where was Twister shot? I want to say Kansas. I want to say that too, but it takes pl- it must takes place in Kansas, right, or somewhere out there, Oklahoma, maybe. Yeah, because that's that's like the 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 tornado tunnel is the Midwest, Oklahoma. There you go. Hey, I was right. Oh my God, I'm never right. Mark this occasion. So Jared said Twister. I want to point out Kansas is like right on top of Oklahoma, so it's not even <laughs> like I was that far off. I'm sure the twister went up there on its path. Uh, Melissa from Brook Reading says Jay and Silent Bob. There you go. Okay. New Jersey. Um, uh, Matt Lewinsky, patron of the show, says the American Pie movies, Red Dawn, Detroit, Robocop, and Gran Torino. So I'm going to guess that he's in Michigan. No, he's in uh, Arizona. <laughs> well, speaking of Arizona, Chris Yaney. Uh, but here you go. He so Chris is from said, Pennsylvania, you piece of shit. He's from Pennsylvania, but he lives in Arizona. Yes. Okay, there you go. So I was going to say he's got Warrior on here, but now that makes sense. But I, if I'd have read further, I would have seen Rocky, and I'd be like, all right, he's Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris, idiot. So Chris Yanni's got Warrior, The Deer Hunter, The Next Three Days, Rocky, and My Girl. Tony Dobbish says he's from Ohio. He says Major League, Tommy Boy, Scream 2, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, What? Let me think about that one. Uh, Halloween 3, he's a fan of Season of the Witch, Dan. <sighs> how many... How many Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hey, Siri, how many days until Halloween? It's 331 days until then. 331 days till Halloween. 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 Thank you, Tony, for that. And then Paul says a movie called These Final Hours. He said he only had about three movies to choose from. He's over in Perth, Australia. So I don't know how they do states there. Uh, I think <laughs> they it's do states. Pro- is it provinces? I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, Dan. Canada, to- Canada's provinces, and that came from that also came from the UK. So provinces make sense. Thank you guys so much for the feedback. As always, uh, you guys are amazing. Did I do what? Did you put it on Twitter or no? Just the Facebook listener community. No, no, just the Facebook. Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't been doing Twitter for the suggestion box. Yeah, fuck you, Twitter. Yeah, I'm just getting from the patrons and the real fans. You know what I mean, Dan? Yeah, the real people I talk to. Uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, obviously, you know I love you. Uh, we're friends in real life. You come on the show literally all the goddamn time. I've been on your show quite a few times as well. I love Caleb over at Netflix and Swill. If there's any shot in hell that somebody is tuned in to Two Peas that's never right. heard of Netflix and Swill, where can they find you? Uh, you can find us at netflixandswill.com. Uh, it's the main hub where you can find all of our relevant links, like uh, where you can find our show, uh, our Patreon page, and our social mm-hmm. media links. Yeah. If you guys have Netflix, and I mean just have it, check out Dan and Caleb because they. Uh, yeah, we will tell you what to and what to and what not to watch. There you go, and get an Apple Teeny ready because you never know what the future holds. Very true. Very true. I don't know what that means, but uh, we'll figure something out. We got to talk to Brad about that, Dan. Uh, Dan, 2020, man, that's it. This is the last episode of the year. We're signing off. Maybe I'll be back in 2021. I don't know. This could be the last two P's episode ever. I'm fucking saying that. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But what do you want to say? What do you want to say to sign off the year and to sign off this episode? Anything? Are you good? No, I'm good. (laughs) Perfect. That's true Dan fashion. If you had said anything there, I would have been fucking shocked. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, right. I would have fallen out of my chair. Uh, All right. That's it, guys. We will be back possibly not only next week, but possibly next year. And we'll have another top five and another P on the pod. Dan, thanks for being here, man. It's fine. Your frozen heart and mine.
words he spoke so young Cast before our time Thank you for listening. Two Peas is an independent podcast. We rely on donations from our executive producers in order to release new content weekly. Please check the show notes for a current list of all of our executive producers. If you would like to join them to help us continue to release great content, please visit Two Peas on a Pod at patreon.com or check out the show notes for this episode. Again, we sincerely thank you for listening.